Hi, I'm Ellen Newhouse, and welcome to Heart and Soul. Are you ready to live a soulfully inspired life? If you are ready to dive deep, get seriously honest with yourself, and learn to trust your deep wisdom, then this is the place for you. I'll be sharing unfiltered stories from my own life and those of many other courageous, creative entrepreneurs and transformational leaders who have dug deep inside themselves to heal, honor their amazing wisdom, and dare to take inspired action. No more sitting by the sidelines wishing for a more satisfying life. It's time for you to become the person you have always dreamed of being. Have a career and a life you love. Join us each week to be spiritually uplifted and inspired into action. And oh yes, I'll be giving you homework to get you moving closer to your dreams. Welcome back to The Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Ellen Newhouse, and today I have a woman that you are absolutely going to love. Her name is Brenda Rice. She is a forgiveness coach and CEO of Brenda Rice Coaching. She guides women business owners to discover where harboring resentments can be sabotaging their personal and business lives, limiting their ability to achieve their goals and dreams. Through a simple five-step process, they find peace and clarity and the ability to show up whole and empowered in all areas of their lives. Brenda is the author of two books, Forgive Yourself and Journey to the Heart Space, that you can find on Amazon and the host of the upcoming podcast, Liberate Your Heart, Simple Steps to Radical Forgiveness. Good morning, my friend. Oh, good morning, Ellen. Oh, it is such a joy to have you here. Oh, Thank my you so much for bringing your wisdom. I am so thrilled to talk about one of the most un- misunderstood things in life called forgiveness. I mean, don't you think between shame and forgiveness, I think these are the two biggest misunderstood emotions and journeys. I mean, both of them take huge, huge journeys. But before we get to talking about forgiveness, I want to understand how did you become the forgiveness coach? Ah, thank you for that. So, you know, like we were talking a little earlier, it's like, you know, we don't get here just because we have a magical life, right? (laughs) Right. We get here because we've had some trials and tribulations and we work through them, right? And that's what I love about your podcast. It's about like overcoming and, and ideas and how do we get there, right? Because we all have it. It's part of our human journey. And that was part of mine. And forgiveness actually found me. But before I get there... It was rather interesting. Before I get there, I was, you know, 30 years in corporate, right? And living in the box. And also, you know, I just felt more comfortable there, more safe there. And I was getting these little nudges towards the end that this was not serving me. All right. So then I'm going to back up because what happened was I started, I started to get body issues, right? And I started to get adrenal fatigue and I started to get the stress syndrome and I started to get the forgetness stuff. And I was just constantly trying to work harder, work harder, work harder. And I didn't understand it. But when you look back at my story, when we go backwards, what got me to that point was all of the abuse, right? That, that I went through going, being raised in a, in a large family. Well, it was kind of yours, mine and ours family, right? My mom was married several times. And in one of those, we had nine kids. I get lost in the shuffle. I go through different types of abuse, right? As some of us do in our journey from sexual abuse to physical to mental abuse Mm -hmm. growing up. And, you know, I was a young mom, um, 17 pregnant, you know, my senior Mm -hmm. year, 
and got married because that's what you were supposed to do. And, and knowing, listening to that still small voice, but not listening to that still small voice. And then going through, going through, you know, my twenties and thirties of alcohol abuse and just really living a life that wasn't really what I wanted it to be, but kind of life was happening to me, not for me as I learned later. Right. So these are reflections of later. I'm raising my two girls, a single mom for most of that time, getting in relationships, same guy, (laughs) different different body. What is their problem, Ellen? What is their Mm. problem? Right. They are all about them, right? I know (laughs) they are emotionally unavailable. They need to get their stuff together. Right. (laughs) No, I know nothing about that story. (laughs) Nothing. Well, exactly. And it was my last marriage that that got me, it was my third marriage, right? It was like, okay, I'm going to get it right this time. And, but not, he was my biggest and greatest teacher in the sense of all of my beliefs, all of those patterns, all wrapped up into one, got my attention. But at least I got sober during that time. And then I was able to start reflecting. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because I want to know what was the pinnacle moment when you said, oh, Brenda, enough. What happened that got you to say enough in that moment? Thank you. It was painful, right? I mean, we learned through our painful moments, unfortunately, right? And it was after being married, I was sober, realizing what was going on, you know, that I wasn't happy, that there was a lot of anger and verbal abuse, emotional abuse. And it was finally, I had gone to a program, I was in the 12 steps programs, and I had gone to this program that was for relationships. And it kind of woke me up. I said, I can't live like this anymore right? I'm not sober to be in this much pain. So interesting. So you had, you were physically sober, but you weren't emotionally sober. No. Ah, so how many years sober were you at that point? So at that point, I was five years sober. Yeah. And it was a wake up because it's, that's still early in sobriety. It really is. And, and it was like, you wouldn't think so, but it was. I, I know. I wouldn't I think thought, so. I thought I was going to have my life together and everything is by five years sober. Oh my right. God. Got it figured out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I fell to my knees, right? It was another one of the, but it was good. It was really good because I said that to him and he said, you know what? I, I can't do it. I can't be what you want me to be. I was so grateful because not everybody has that you know, on their partner, they don't have them saying, he's like, I want you to stay, but you know, I'm going to still continue to be me, but you know, don't go, but I can't be what you want me to be. And I had to make that decision. I had to choose, which I had not done up until that point, Ellen. So codependent, right? I hadn't made that choice yet. It was a crossroads and I left. Okay, so I want to know something. Do you think I'm because I'm I'm hearing you say codependent and sober. Do you think that codependency is just another form of addiction that you went from the drinking to the codependency or was all together? No, I was codependent first. See, so this is where this is where when you look at like, not to dive too much into that, but when you look at the big book, it talks about Alcoholics Anonymous, it talks about it. It says alcohol is but a symptom. And so, and I didn't understand that. I'm like, what? But it was about that we are using that to cover up some other deeper issues. So what do you think most people, do you think there's a pattern of most people are hiding shame or... What are most people hiding when they're in an addictive pattern? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Shame was huge. I couldn't look anybody in the eye. The only time that I felt like, you know, how you people laugh at, oh, people can, I can dance now. I can speak now. I can do that when they're drinking, right? But it's true. It gives a false confidence. And so really what's inside was when I looked back at my history, because I love, and I suggest this for people, do a timeline, do a timeline of your life. And how would they do that? So when we do a timeline, you can start, what I like to do is I like to start 
current and go backwards. Some people can start back, you know, back in the back and when they're young, take this. And let's say we start, let's go start in the beginning. You know, I'm a born the youngest of three kids to the parents. How was that relationship? Okay. Mom, dad divorced. You know, it's kind of this timeline thing. Mom, dad divorced, mom remarried, abuse started, you know, for me, right? Feeling alone, feeling left out. I was in my mom's right energy field, right? Kind of loving and kind. And then all of a sudden thrown to the wolves. That's how I felt. So then the abuse starts. Well, the abuse, of course, brings up shame right? And secrets and all of those things. So, so then I just started marking those down and it made me aware of, oh, no wonder I am reacting this way. No wonder. So it gave me this kind of sense of compassion for myself. I was just going to say what I love about this timeline is that if you do it and you can look at all the things you've been through, it gives you a sense of acceptance. It does. And we need that acceptance, Ellen. We need that acceptance to get to forgiveness. So how does it work to go from acceptance to forgiveness? Oh, how... it's hard. <laughs> okay, it's not easy. <laughs> so it doesn't just happen overnight, huh? <laughs> yes, snap our fingers and we're good. Right. Oh, no, I wish. And that's where, that's where these little tools that we can do, right, for acceptance to bring us to compassion. Because it's like going from acceptance to forgiveness is a willingness. Mm. And what I say to people is let's be willing to be willing to be willing to look at our stuff. You know, I love that you say that, the word willingness, because the first time a therapist said to me, Ellen, you're going to need to forgive in order to fully heal. Now, I'm a New Yorker. I got up in silence, slammed the freaking door and was like, fuck you. I am done. Like, no, I am not forgiving that person. Like, you know, because in that day and age, I thought forgiveness meant condoning the person who had hurt me, their behavior. Absolutely. And people still feel that way. So let's let's demystify this because I find that that is the biggest issue why people don't want to forgive is that that it seems, well, you're making what he did or what she did. Okay, so help me to demystify this. Oh, absolutely. So what it takes is it takes a little bit of kind of redefining, right? What I call, we have to find our own definition of forgiveness. So we have got to take what we thought it was and we've got to rewire how we think about it. And so it's really just taking it and going, okay, I hear that. I hear people say that forgiveness is for me. Okay, forgiveness is for me. It's not for the other person. And forgiveness isn't about condoning their behavior. It's about taking my power back. Okay. I love this so much. So if somebody is listening and they're like me, who was like, screw you, I'm not forgiving. How could you explain to them that it is ultimately for them? Mm. Well, yeah. So it's a little bit of a process because what you're doing is they're having to rethink it. It's a mindset shift, right? In that way. So it's in the fact of saying, okay, let's take an example. I am with my ex, right? Or even a current or someone who is not treating me very nicely and I'm catering to them. Okay. I am walking on eggshells. I'm making sure everything is in its place. I'm not saying too much. In fact, I've limited myself in my world. I don't even go with friends. I keep myself available for this person. Okay. I'm not very happy, but I'm thinking I'm happy because they're happy. Okay. But when he's upset, I've done something wrong. So an example of that would, okay, how does that feel? I feel drained. I feel empty. I feel scared. Because all of my energy is going out there to him, all of it. So how would it feel if you sit for a moment and you kind of bring your energy back to you? So if you, if you have him over there, so you're in your mind's eye, you're closing your eyes and you're in your mind's eye and you have that person over there and I'm here. 
if I kind of imagine, what if I didn't walk on eggshells? What if I didn't have to give him all of my energy? What if I, I and just kind of imagine pulling your energy back? How does that feel in your body? Right. So what it does is you get a hint of, oh, and like, and, and there's a diagram. Carolyn Mace does a really good job of doing a diagram. So Carolyn Mace is anatomy of the spirit. She does some different, um, how, what is it? I can't remember the name of the book, but there's a diagram where you have the past on one side and the future on the other. And the past is all about, you know, all of the, the abuse and the divorce and the bankruptcies, all of these things. And then on the other side, you have the what ifers, right? I'm going to what if what if this happens? What if that, what if the, what if I lose my job? What if he doesn't like me? What if I do this or that? Right? So you've got both of those. And in the middle is a stick figure and you figure you, you've got to like, say, we're going to make it easy. A hundred, a hundred rays of energy come down every day for you, a hundred rays. So you've got, you know, 50% going to the past. You've got at least 30 or 40% going over here to the future, right? Because you're worried about the past and you're worried about the future. Well, actually you're kind of feeling bad about the past and you're worried about the future. What does that leave for you in the middle to be present? No, it leaves 10 to 20%. And we need our energy to be healthy, to manifest the life we want, right? And to be able to make the decisions and choices that we want to make in our lives. So I also use that visual for people. It's like, okay, draw a stick figure. And on one side, put the past. What have you gone through on the past? And then what are you worried about the future, right? We can worry about the government or whatever they want to do. And then go, oh. So see, this is the awareness piece, Ellen. This is just helping people become aware of where is our energy going? What am I doing for myself? And this is beautiful because that's the first step in anything, in acceptance, is to know what is my story? Why is it there? And that's part of me as a coach is like, and and you too, we hold the space for people to go, it's okay. It happened to you. And now we have to be aware of it and and acknowledge it, bring in that love and compassion for ourselves so that we can then move that out to others. Yes. Okay. So now I have a question because we've been talking about how to forgive somebody outside of ourselves. So as you know, then the work gets a little bit, as we grow in our work and we go deeper we move in towards ourselves. And what I find in myself and working with other people is what do we do when we start to see things about ourselves that we need to forgive? Because I find that it's easier once we get a hang of it to forgive the other. And now we're inside of ourselves and we're noticing shitty things that we did on our own journey. and. How do we start that journey of forgiving ourselves? Mm, Yeah, that's a good one. Because it's really important to start outside of ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I got an itty bitty shitty committee in my head. (laughs) It's going to take me out, right? Right. Whenever I start to go, okay, I am a money magnet. I am full of love. The perfect partner is coming (laughs) to me, right? Right. I've got a filter in my head that says... No bullshit. Exactly. Right. Because you're undeserving. You're not worthy. All of those things. And I like to visualize it as kind of like the brain. When you look at, then you go, you have your conscious brain, right? Your unconscious brain and your subconscious brain. So all those little beliefs that we buried about ourselves is in there. So yeah, it all sounds good because I was doing affirmations and I'm like, why isn't this happening? And when somebody explained that to me, it's like, let's get to those beliefs. But we start outside of ourselves because we've got the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, everybody in our head that's going to just like work against us. But we have a still small voice that is quieter, that we get to learn to make it louder. Because, see, I've been listening to those other voices for so long. I'm used to them. Yes. I'm used to them. They play loud and I believe them. 
So what I get to do is start practicing. This is a first part is like start practicing. Wait, this is that awareness thing is like, okay, you're telling me I'm a piece of crap. You're telling me I'm fat. You're telling me, oh, you did it again. But wait, is there another voice in here? Because there is. There's another one that says, Ellen, you're beautiful. Ellen, you are just perfect the way you are. Ellen, it's going to be okay. We've got that little small voice over here that we haven't really listened to, or we've listened and we said, yeah, whatever. Right. Because we're so used to it. <laughs> so that's the first one. It's kind of like, whoa, let's stop and be aware of that. But the other thing about this is, is when we're working on ourselves, I like to do a little exercise. I love exercises where I can find out what's hidden, what I've denied, repressed, and rejected about myself. I have to know that before I can do anything with it. Where does my shame come from? Okay, I can say my shame comes from being abused or my shame comes from not feeling worthy because I was beaten or I was I was constantly berated by my mother, right? And so it was like, so of course, of course, you, you're not gonna feel good about yourself and that you have to feel like you have to prove yourself, right? So the timeline kind of helps with that. It helps us understand where are these pivotal moments? But the other piece is, if you have someone that you're wanting to forgive or somebody that's not nice to you, let's take a piece of paper and let's write down what are the things that we don't like about them, right? Let's write 10 things. We don't want to go on forever, right? Five to 10 things. And let's write it down. It's like, you know, abusive, not nice or, or mean, unkind, berating, always wants things their way. So if we write down those things, that's about them. Now what we do is... (laughs) I'm feeling it. I am feeling it coming. Yes. (laughs) Is we go, where am I doing that to myself? Mm, I knew it was coming. I I knew it was coming. And it's one of the most painful and valuable exercises that I do with people. And it changed my life when I did it with that because it's like, and it's not that because people really get upset. I'm not like that. I'm not mean. I go out of my way to be nice. I said, yeah, but what, can you tell me what that talk is in your head? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, and then it was, this is huge, Ellen, because then it's like, oh, I'm that person in here. And I said, yes, when we look at life as a mirror, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we get to see what's ready for us to heal. If I don't see it, I'm not ready for it. Okay, wait, wait. I am going to stop you right there because it's such a gem. I want you to say it again so that my listeners can really grasp it. Say that one more time. So that life is a mirror. Life is a mirror. Life Mm. is a mirror. And when we're willing to see it that way, Mm. we are then able to see what we have denied, repressed, and rejected within ourselves Mm. so that we can then do the self-forgiveness work that we need to do. Because no matter how much we forgive other people, it's really about us. Mm. If we look at, and this is a big concept, this is huge. But if we start small, just like that, take that little exercise and just start with somebody that really irritates you. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then you you just start creating, oh, I'm abusive to me. Yes. So my Mm. big was the betrayal pattern, right? Mm. Every person that I was with, there was a betrayal every single time. Yes. And and I see this over and over and over again in my patients. It's like, they'll pick one person and then the next person, oh, Ellen, they're so different. And I wait for the the ball to drop, right? I'm like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. yeah. When I started to, oh, wait a minute. So this was a big, big revelation for me. And aha was doing the work was I realized I was betraying myself by not speaking up, giving Mm -hmm. away my power, being codependent and hiding. Oh, can we talk about hiding? I really want to jump into that because I have realized in the last month that after 31 years of doing my work and I am realizing how I have still been hiding. 
And it blew me away. I was like, what? Wait, (laughs) how is this possible that I'm still hiding? And yet I've noticed in very glaring pink neon signs of the fact that I was still hiding that I was a healer. Can you believe this? Like 31 years of being a healer and I'm still hiding it. Or I was up until a month ago. Yeah. And, you know, so, so talk to me about healing the hiding part of us. Yeah. I think recognition of it is, and we have to, right? We cannot, and this is where people get, oh my God, there's that awareness word. Oh, uh, we can't change anything until we're aware of it. Exactly. So whatever word you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, it's like, oh, if awareness bothers you, if that word, <laughs> probably should look at that. Yes. <laughs> Because whatever bothers us is something we probably need to work on. Oh, there is a gem right there. People, whatever bothers you is the way in. It is the invitation. Oh, I love that. Me too. That just came right through. It is the invitation to our healing. So if it's your boss, if it's your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your wife, your husband, your children, your mother-in-law, they are the blessing, the invitation. They are. I have goosebumps on that. I know. I know. I love it. That is so beautiful. And I love that you have recognized that you've been hiding because there's reasons we hide for protection, for safety, because we have, like I, we talked about, right? The unconscious, you know, beliefs, the unconscious, whatever we've denied, repressed, rejected, whatever we've buried. Right. Right. We had to go forward. So as young kids, we, we were, we went through some sort of trauma, whether, whether they say big T, little T, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing in our brains. It's the same. And so anything that re- resembles that. Yes. Is going to trigger us. Mm -hmm. So we are going to protect that because we, the last thing we want to be is rejected, right? We've got that caveman kind of mentality, right? We've got that tribal. It's like, I can't be alone. I'm going to die. And that's a big fear of all of us. I'm alone. Okay. So I'm going to stop there because again, it's a gem. I mean, the, you said, I am afraid of rejection because I am afraid to die alone. And boy, can I relate to that. When I look at this hiding about being a healer, I connected it to a wounding from my father. Yes. Right? And that, I mean, ooh, yes. I mean, woof. I mean, you know, centuries of information there. But I realized that in order to survive, I needed to get along with him and to believe what he believed. And by claiming to be a healer, I mean, literally the threat of death. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, and this is no joke. I mean, you know, when I realized this in the last month, I went, oh, my God. I felt like if I pronounced it, if I declared it, if I owned it, I was going to die. Yes. And I mean, honestly, I can feel it right now. It's like, I can feel it in my heart. It's like, whoa, it's so huge. Yeah. You know? Oh, honey, it is. (laughs) is. Oh, thank you for that. Mm. Thank you for that. Yeah. And allowing that feeling out. Oh, that's huge. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it has, this last month has just been wild in realizing this, you know, because I do a good job of not, you know, I'm an extrovert. So you you wouldn't know that I'm hiding, right? Nope. I'm Um, so with you. You know, (laughs) I mean, and in realizing it, there's been so much freedom. I mean, so much freedom. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, and I mean, I feel so blessed by doing this podcast because honestly, that's what has made me bring more of myself forward. 
So, oh my gosh. And that's the beautiful antidote to that, right? To the hiding is making ourselves be visible. However, and, and sometimes I think we have to act our way into a new way of thinking and being, I think sometimes we do have to act. So tell me, tell me how they, how we would do that. Well, like what you did was let's start a podcast, right? Let me Mm. show up. Let Mm. me be on social media a little bit more if I notice that I'm not. Let me share something about myself that's safe, right? Mm. It's like if, if like people protect themselves. So it's like, if you don't talk anything about a story or about, you know, I I grew up in a not so fun childhood, Right, just that alone. Mm-hmm. people will go, Oh my God, me too. Oh my yes. dear. And that's what helps us go. Oh, I'm not alone. Right. It goes back right. to that. I'm alone. Our, we have a magical thinking mind. <laughs> right? I like magical thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and it can serve us and not serve us. Right. So it's kind of like, I was just sharing with somebody yesterday. It's, it's kind of like, you know how, oh, so through, I didn't think I could leave that third husband of mine. He handled all the money, right? I gave control. Even though I was working all the time, the money got handed over. And he kept telling me, you can't leave. You can't afford to leave. You can't afford to be on your own. We can't do that. And so I believed him until one day, that little small voice said, check the numbers. Right. I hadn't thought to check the numbers. And it was like, oh, I checked the numbers. And it's like, you know, really? So while he was gone, I get out this stuff, right? Right. Looking, here's my income. Here's what I would pay. <gasps> I could do it. Could do it. And I didn't have much money left over, right? At that time, it was like barely that shifted. So what you did, it's like a paradigm shift. What you did through this hiding and the awareness is a shift. And it is a beauty. It opens up pathways that we had closed. Absolutely. And what I love about what happened in my shift, and I'm sure this will happen for a lot of people who listen to this, is that spirit gave me an idea. I want to do a podcast, right? And I was like, awesome. Yes, let's do a podcast. And being me, I jump in 100%, you know, and then I'm realizing, oh, oh, oh my goodness, this is going to require more of me. But when I jumped in, I didn't realize where spirit was leading me. Yes. And I love that. I mean, I'm so grateful that we have a connection to the part of our being or the world or universe or spirit, however you call it, or God, that knows what is in our highest good. Yes. And gives us ideas that we then think our great ideas. Like, oh, yes, that sounds like a fun idea. And boom, and then we're in the healing. Oh, yes. And right? I think that's huge because back to that hiding piece, it's like most of us do that for a reason. And when we can uncover that reason, when we can get down to that, create the awareness around it by doing some of the things we've been talking about, creating the awareness around it, and then have the willingness, right, to look at it in the eye, right, and do more work on healing that part of us. We're not going to hide so much because I was hiding too. And I realized because, see, it gets sneakier, right? I know. I want to stop right there for one moment because I want to make that clear. The more work you do, the sneakier it gets. Yes. Definitely, because that's what happened with me in this marriage. So I'm in my fourth marriage and I don't have shame around those anymore. It's so cool not to have the shame around that. And, and it's just like, now I'm an expert. Um, but <laughs> you know, people laugh at that. it's like, oh, I got this, you know, some people right. are married for life. Me, not <laughs> But at least with this one, I had broken that pattern of betrayal, right? I had broken that pattern and we came together very consciously. And, and saying, I said to him, I said, here's some boundaries. And I learned, right. To, I finally was, was getting it. And, you know, as, as I was turning 50, right. I'm like, finally, I'm getting it <laughs> right. back then. Right. And so then what we did was I just, it's a conscious. And even though it was conscious, I, when I started this business, you know, six years ago, entrepreneurship is the greatest healer ever, ever, school ever. And I was not wanting to do this. I was in corporate. I was in a lifer and God had a different plan. 
The universe said, uh, no, let's give you a neck fusion, back fusion, and a brain tumor to get you out of corporate world and into where you're the healing field that I was so not like right way because no, an entrepreneurship, uh uh-uh, that's just, you know, it filleted me open in a beautiful way, right? And so, so, but then I found I was hiding behind the excuses of whether it's money, time, my husband, right? Because he has some health issues. So I was hiding. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't, you know, so I'd start, stop, start, stop, start, Mm. stop, right? Mm. Having this mixed energy where I wanted it, but then I got afraid of it. And what I discovered was when I had a beautiful person tell me, Brenda, you show up. I love what you share. Where's you? Where's Brenda? Mm. where's the vulnerability? I want to know your story. I want to yes. know you. And I'm like, I remember Ellen, just like, yeah, I went, <gasps> I mean, I felt like somebody had, you know, it was like, no, I'm going to hang from the gallows. If Absolutely. I do that. Absolutely. I remember that yeah. panic and it wasn't a simple feeling. It was a, I am going to die if I do that and realizing. So I did some work on that. And I did some past life, you know, I, did, I went and looked at, is this past life stuff? You know, I'm checking out all this stuff. And really it is, it's a coming to that understanding of that we can just look in this lifetime. We don't have to go back. I mean, oh, yeah, gosh, I know. I but know. there's enough right here that we can look at, like you just found with your father, like, who was I trying to plead? Why was I trying to prove myself? And I got down to that core belief that I am not enough. Mm, yeah. And that not being enough leads to people are going to reject me if I speak my truth. And then I'm going to be alone and I'm going to die on the street. I mean, when yes. I did that worst case scenario, right? I did that kind of worst case scenario exercise. Okay, what's the worst case scenario of me putting myself out there? Exactly. Right? And then what's the worst case of that? And finally, I did. It comes down to pretty basic stuff. Yeah. We all have it. Yeah. And I have found working with women particularly, I don't know why that's so many of us share the same fear of fearing the fear of dying alone. Yes. I mean, I had a fear. I remember years ago when I got divorced that the biggest fear is was for me at that time that perhaps I would end up being a bag lady on the streets in New York City. Absolutely. And it was so real for me. I mean, it was viscerally real. It wasn't just a thought in my head. I mean, I felt the panic in my physical being. Absolutely. It was like, oh my God. So often we stop ourselves from taking the action that we fear will bring us to that result. Yes, exactly. And we don't even know that we're doing that, right? Because it is subconscious. It is unconscious that it is a protection. And that's a beauty of our brains and of our bodies. It wants to protect us. So I get that. Like our brain wants safety. So that's why we can't move forward too, is it's going to keep us stuck in that shame loop because it's familiar. If you start changing that, you don't know what's out there. There's wolves out there. Who knows what's going to happen, right? So it tells us that. And when I started to understand learning these bits and pieces of how we work, you know, it was like, oh, wait a minute. I can start questioning myself then. Oh, do I have to believe that I'm no good, that I'm, that everybody else is smarter than me? That was one of mine, that people are, it's, it's seriously in this business, the comparisonitis, right? Oh boy. (laughs) And feeling like I'm not worthy and I don't know enough and I don't have enough education, blah, blah, blah. I am not enough. Hmm. And And what do you think lives under I am not enough? Because there's something that lives under it. Well, there's, you know, there's different takes on that. And the belief of I'm not enough is enough, right? So that is enough because we live in a world of duality. So if you take on the thought, if you're willing to believe, let's play with this, that hmm, maybe I am a spiritual being having a human existence. Maybe so. As a spiritual being, I know light. I know love. For me to grow more into light and love I have to be the opposite of. 
like a fish doesn't know they're in water until they're out of water. They don't know they need it. You don't know you need closets until you live in a house without closets. <laughs> it's very true. Right? <laughs> or a laundry room. Yes. Or, you know, whatever that right, is. Right. And so it's like, oh, when I started to understand that, it was like, so to, for me to grow more, if, if I want to, if I want to believe this, if I want to take on this and try it, if I'm willing to say, okay, I'm a spiritual being, I know light love, that's who I truly am at the core. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to grow more into that. I have to be in a human body that has a feeling center that can show me all the opposite of it. So underneath I'm not good enough is a lesson, is an opportunity for growth, is a, I am enough at my core, but my ego is telling me I'm not enough. So I'm going to learn this lesson for a while until my soul says, okay, that's enough. Let's now start to, to really dismantle that belief process and really expand because you know what? I, through everything I've gone through, wouldn't have been able to get to this compassion. I wouldn't have been able to get to this understanding and hold the space for people going through that same walk of life if I hadn't have had those experiences. So there's one, that's one thought on the I'm not enough. But the other thought is, is that, you know, that's a deeper one, like Carl Jung, right? When I was reading about this, he was saying that the reason we have the hard time with the self-forgiveness is because we have that deep, deep, deep betrayal pattern from the separation from universe. Oh, interesting. I know. So that's a deeper concept, but there is a deep betrayal pattern of a separation from the universe, God, spirit, however you want to do it, that we carry inside us. That separates us, that I'm not enough. I've done something wrong. I got separate, even though we chose to be here, right? So it's this kind of, so you can play with that. But that is a concept that I learned when I was doing the training for the self-forgiveness work that I teach. And that fascinated me. It's like, I can kind of resonate with that. Well, I totally resonate with that because as a little tiny girl, I used to lay in bed and this is going to make me cry. And I used to beg God to take me home. Yeah. Because I remember what it was like to be one. Yes. Oh, Ellen. I mean, oh, I mean, I can remember just take me home, just bring me home. And then when I was finally given that opportunity, I said, nope, <laughs> I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Which yeah, is so funny. Can we talk later about that? <laughs> yeah. So in the self-forgiveness work, are you forgiving yourself for separating, for wanting to come here? That's the bottom line. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Does that hit such a deep chord in me? Mm. Oh, thank you for that. I mean, that hits very deeply it did so, need yeah it hits very deep <laughs> very deep chord so let me ask you this so in my introduction of you I said that you take people on a five simple five-step journey yeah so what is that like is there a way to easily describe it or I mean I know Basically, what we've been talking about in this whole time are pieces of that. But what does the five-step journey look like? So when I talk about a five-step journey, there is a couple ways to look at it. And it'll be simple in the sense of the five steps of radical forgiveness that I'm mm-hmm. trained in okay. is easy to discuss. You know, we dive into it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's easy. It's easy. And people can do this. It's like, the first step is telling the story. So it's having your, this is the awareness piece. It's having your story witnessed and validated. Mm-hmm. Yes, this did happen to me, right? This yes. is how I feel. This is that separation from God. This is all of this stuff that happened. So having this beautiful golden space of someone to hear you, hear all aspects of you share their pain, right? So telling the story and then you feel the feelings, which we aren't trained to do. We're trained not to do it and men and women, right? But we hide parts of ourselves. We can laugh and cry at commercials and all of that stuff. But really there's a trap door within our heart that we are hiding 
the deepest part, our pain. And so when we're allowed to kind of just ease into that through this process, it's amazing at how we can heal. I mean, that's how my body started to heal. My mind started to heal was that allowing myself to feel the anger and the hurt and the sadness and all of that, but it's scary for people. So that's why having someone with you is a really, really good way of traversing this part of it. But there's telling the story, feeling the feelings. Then there's collapsing the story. And the collapsing of the story is where what we call traditional forgiveness, where you walk in the other person's shoes, right? For a while. And you just say, I need to forgive. That's where that stops. And this new way of looking at things begins because what we do is we take that and we collapse the story. What was the fact of the story? What was the interpretation of the story? Mm, Because it's in my interpretation that my suffering is. Exactly. So we do that. And then on the fourth step, we reframe it. We look at it from that deep place that you just made it to, right? When you're just like, oh my God, I resonated so much with that. It's like, if I'm willing to look at it from a different perspective, not humanly, but from a bigger perspective, I can shift my perception, which changes my energy. And then I can integrate the new story, which is the fifth step into my life and start practicing how I'm truly here, who I'm truly here to be. That, that goes into our purpose, that goes into our passion, that goes into all those things that, like you said, like we talked about in this thing where, oh my God, it's pathways open up. And so that's that piece. And then what I do is I take those five steps and I do it a little differently. I'm not differently, but I add in my own five steps, which is about awareness, self-responsibility, taking action, right? And bringing in choice and then creating your new life. Oh, I love that. Oh, I yeah. Love so that. it's a beautiful way mm. to take both of those and blend them so that we can actually be empowered, be who we are, know where we're hiding, mm-hmm. right? And, yes. and where we're giving our energy away so that we can play it safe when we're mm. not here to play it safe. Exactly. We are not here to play it safe. We are here to play big as far we as I can see. Are. And, and it's scary when we have all this stuff. All the, what I call it, it's like the attic. It's boxes in our attic, right? We shoved away or our basement. But it was, I had a therapist one time. She said to me, she said, Brenda, I said, well, how come, like my husband, how come he's not going through all this pain? Why is <laughs> right. he feeling all these things? She looked at me and she said, honey, you've crawled up into your attic all those boxes that have dust and cobwebs and you've opened all of those boxes so you can see what's inside. He's afraid to go up the steps to the attic. And I thought that was a beautiful way. And it helped me to go, oh, it is. So for anybody listening, who's afraid to go up the steps, who you know, life isn't working out so well. They're uncomfortable. They may hate their job. They may hate the relationship or they may not have a relationship that they are dying to have. And they're afraid to go up the steps. What would be one step that they could make that would help to encourage them to go up the steps to the attic? Mm, that's beautiful. You know, I start with the awareness first. I mean, that is a first place to start. So notice, I'm afraid to go up the steps. I'm not in the relationship I want to be in. Let's do a little timeline of my relationships. What were the characteristics of those people right? Because I keep picking the same person over and over again, whether it, whoever that is. Where am I doing that to myself? Right? I mean, just that awareness of, wait a minute, what are my beliefs? Because I truly believe that they stop us from having the life and being the person that we're meant to be. And when we're ready to kind of wake up, when we're ready to look at that, that's when the awareness goes, oh, so we're not ready until we're ready. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so those person afraid to take the step, to be able to take that first step, is just the awareness of, oh, and acknowledging, 
I'm afraid to take this step. Yes. And I love that. It's because, you know, it's okay to be afraid. It is. And just that saying, that step alone, will actually set you free. Exactly. You know, so it's all right, people, to be afraid. I have been afraid much of my life. Yes. And I know that that first step that Brenda is saying is is so right on. Just the allowance of saying, I'm afraid. Yeah. will really open something up. So Brenda, if people have gotten to the place where they realize that they need a Brenda, how can people easily get a hold of you? How can they oh, find you? <laughs> Thank you. You said that so beautifully. So reach out to me and they can email me at Brenda at Brenda Reese coaching.com R E I S S coaching.com. And they can also find me on Facebook if they want to look and kind of check me out first, because that's important, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to look and see, is she the real deal? What is she? Right. Right. So that's just Brenda Reese R E I S S. I have a business page and a personal page. And the other part is just my website you know, brendareesecoaching.com and check that out. And there's a freebie on there if they want to get a download for how to untie the knot. Oh, I account. love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. How because to you know, untie forgiveness. the knot. Yes. I found out forgiveness means to untie the knot mm. in Aramaic. Oh. I found that out years ago. Yeah. And oh can my you goodness. That visual, right? That yes. That oh my feel. goodness. We feel on our stomach, right? That, that, oh my God, I know. And I went, oh, we're going to learn to untie the knot. Because forgiveness is for us. Forgiveness is for me to feel free. And the other person, we get to let them go and have their journey. If they don't, you know, we don't even have to apologize. We don't even have to do anything. When we're willing to do the work ourselves, that's where we open our heart to us. And then we can open it up to the world. Absolutely. Brenda, oh, my friend, thank you for untying a nod inside of me today and opening my heart a little bit more. Oh, Alan, thank you. It has been absolutely a joy and so heart-touching. So thank you for bringing your beautiful self and all of your wisdom to heart and soul today. And for all of you who are listening, I will see you here next week. Thanks so much for joining me on the Heart and Soul podcast. It's such a joy for me to be with you. I know firsthand how much easier it is to rise when you have community to laugh with, shed a few tears with, and be inspired by. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, go subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, please contact me directly at ellennewhouse.com. And while you're there, grab the special resources I have created for you to begin to take inspired action in your own life. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.